You're now listening to episode 225 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on January 3rd, 2022. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week we're going to be talking about the killer robot instability, episode 12 of season 2. Yes, which I just learned about 10 minutes ago. Because <laughs> I definitely thought that Friendship Algorithm was right after Bath Item, and I was being so prepared. I had more notes than I usually have. And then, like, a couple minutes before we got on the phone, I was like, oh, crap, that's not that one. <laughs> but I, I know this one well, so. Yeah. And as you said, you'll just be extra prepared for next time. I will be so prepared next time. Yep. Um, I didn't even look to see if there's news, but I'm pretty sure there's not. So we can just jump into the episode discussion. Happy there's New Year. There's nothing that we're going to be breaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Happy New Year. Yes. 2022. Everybody. Yeah. I love that we have started saying things, the, the years correctly again. Like it was 1990 this, and then we went into like 2000 and 2001 instead of 2001 like 1901, 1801, all of that. Mm-hmm. And we are now finally actually oh, that's true. saying From it correctly. 2019 to 2022 instead of 2022. No, I didn't I don't I didn't really ever say like I do say I 2000, mm-hmm. but at least starting with 2010, I've always said it that way, I think. Um I feel but- like I've flipped back and forth. Like, I feel like, like, both ways kind of feel normal to me. Sometimes I say it the other way, but if if I'm, like, repeating information, like, if I'm dictating to somebody, like, oh, this is what someone said, like, I'm remembering what they say, so I might repeat it. Mm-hmm. But um, at least for 2010 on, I just kind of say it yeah. this way. Yeah, 2019. No. Okay, I hate these fancy-ass wedding invitations that spell out to, in the year 2019, and they, like, spell out all the words. I'm like, okay, we're not Russian czars. Like, let's just write the letters or the numbers like normal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need that all spelled out. Too Look much at that. Space. We got my rant of the week out of the way before we even started the episode. Not even at the three-minute mark. There we go. <laughs> Okay, so, Killer Robot Instability. Uh, The episode starts with the guys uh, working on, or kind of just admiring Monty, their robot. Uh, I wonder how creative they had to get to get that to spell something. Yeah. Yeah, we're... What was that that spelled? I didn't... I have the transcript here, but I didn't put that specific in my notes. Um, it's something, something. Oh, the neutralization. mobile omnidirectional okay, neutralization and termination eradicator. Monty. Monty. So I have a friend who, she has these birds, and I'm not a good, like, pet bird person, so I don't know what kind of birds they are. But the female laid some eggs, and she was checking to, she was like, oh, I'm gonna have to check and see if any of these, like, are fertilized. And the year, the day that the eggs were laid, her male was flying around just saying, Werbit, Werbit, 
And she's like, I don't know what Werbit is. <laughs> like, she's like, I've never, like, I'm the only one in this house. I've never said Werbit. I don't understand why this bird is saying Werbit. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the eggs is fertilized and she can't, she's candled it a couple of times to um, just make sure it's like growing and it looks like it is. And so she's referring to the egg as Werbit. And she's like, if this thing hatches, I'm just going to call it Werbit because <laughs> I have no idea why he was saying Werbit. And it was on the day the eggs were laid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of wondering watching this about, like, how much fun whichever prop guy had building Monty. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I wonder, I don't know if that would have been Scott London. Was that the name of the guy who did most of their, like, their prop master? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I feel like you might even have to get, like, a... Specialized. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's a different skill set than what i feel like in general a prop person would do yeah maybe they got the person that built that r2d2 that we saw at uh comic-con that was just (laughs) driving around that was the i have never wanted to steal something so bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so did you ever watch the like robot wars tv show back in the day no i like i watched it like briefly like um, but, like, this episode, like, obviously just kind of makes me think of that. But, like, there were some, like, crazy robots on that show. I'm trying I to- feel like I've heard of it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't have told you anything really about it. Apparently, I'm looking at it. So, it was a British show from 98 to 2004, and then from 2016 to 2018. Okay. Which I didn't remember it being British, but maybe it either it was or they made an American version, which was also very likely. I mean, it being British would be in character for you, so. <laughs> Way back then. But yeah. So they're building Monty for a competition and they decide to- We ta- had robot. We had like the robot team in high school. See, mine definitely didn't have a robot robotics team. That would have been cool. Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it was cool, like, I had some friends that were in it, and, like, they would tell me about it, and, like, take videos of it, and all this other stuff, and I mean, like, that was cool, like, I know I was, I would never have been smart enough to take part, but it was cool seeing things (laughs) that my friends built. Did their robots have (laughs) flamethrowers? No. (laughs) Yeah, so they're looking for something to test Monty on and settle on the toaster oven. Which, why not? I liked how they decided that their, like, um, appropriate words to mark the event was die, toast, or die. <laughs> Very solemn there. Oh, oh, also, I had the note from slightly earlier. I appreciated how there's just, like, a panning close-up of Monty, which, like, I was watching, and then there's that shot. And it feels, like, strange because it's definitely very different than, like, just, you know, like, their stable, like, camera setup that they normally have. Yeah. Um, But it's, like, very much, like, we want to make sure you fully appreciate this robot that we built, so we're going to show you close up. We spent a lot of money hiring a robotics guy to build this shit, so we're going to make <laughs> sure you appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, so it demolishes the toaster oven, and then they're like, okay, what's next? And then the fantastic shot... This is my favorite two credits ever. It is definitely, like, I can't think of something right now that would be like, oh, yeah, that tops it. But, yeah, this is definitely way up there. 
It was fantastic. Also, I'm curious as to why they were like, hey, this apartment that we, like, rent and don't own, um, let's send the robot through the door. <laughs> through the door. I feel like that was probably, like, a call from Howard. Like, let's do this now. Here's my little headcanon. So you know how they had those cameras out there watching Leonard and Penny's date? Mm-hmm. My headcanon is they still had them. They knew Penny was coming up the stairs and they were like, oh, you know, it would be really funny. <laughs> Just wait for the perfect moment. Like, okay, exactly. round the corner now. Exactly. And that's the kind of, in general, that's the kind of shit I would do. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't send it through a door. But like, if there was like, there's an opportunity to scare the shit out of my friend, I might do it. <laughs> I like when like I, when I was watching this episode this morning, I like rewound and watched that bit like multiple times just because it is so perfect. And like yeah. Penny's reaction and how she just like throws her phone up as she turns to <laughs> run away. And then I liked how in the next scene when she's just like Leonard, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no further like details needed for her question. Just what the hell? <laughs> Like, it's not even like she's surprised. She's just annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, her note, like, her line, well, it almost killed me in Sheldon's. If it wanted to kill you, you'd be dead. <laughs> Seriously. It kind of reminds me of in a Facebook group I was in for um, Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Um, there's a lot of Bigfoot talk and stuff up there. And someone asked, like, hey, are you guys scared of Bigfoot? And there were a lot of people that were just like, Bigfoot's not real. And then there were other people that were like, yes, I am scared of Bigfoot. And then there was one dude that I'm like, he sums up my feelings about it. He's like, look, if Bigfoot wanted to kill me, Bigfoot would have killed me. So it's one of two things. Either Bigfoot is not real or Bigfoot has chosen to leave me alone. So either way, (laughs) I'm not scared of Bigfoot. (laughs) Sounds like a, a fair position there. Yeah, I mean, that's like me. I'm like, I don't really think I believe in anything like that. But I'm like, I'm either correct and they don't exist. Or if they do exist, they don't want to hurt me. So yeah, I was just thinking like that can apply to like ghosts as well. Like, well, if they're out Mm -hmm. there so far, they don't want to bother me. So Uh, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, like this, um, one of the hotels I've worked in, someone had died in there. And I so I jokingly was like, oh, is it haunted? And then they were like, they have no, he has no reason to haunt us. We were very nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then it leads into the like Howard Penny subplot setting up of the episode, which it's like been so long since I watched this episode. I kind of like forgot that that was like the Howard subplot in it besides the like all the stuff going on with the robot. So Yeah, I straight up forgot this plot was this episode. I, f- I thought it was somewhat later. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So as, like, Penny and Howard start their little, like, side convo and, like, Howard's saying, like, oh, well, Penny would be the only, like, doable girl there at the dance. And then he keeps going. Like, initially I was just thinking, like, wow, Howard is, like, being really, like, annoying in this episode. And then it kept going. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's where she, like, really calls him out on it. I also feel like this is the most intense he's gotten. Mm-hmm. Like, he's always been weird, but, like, just as the conversation progressed, I'm like, 
you can tell that they're going somewhere with this plot because I'm like, they have never made him this fixated like this before. Yeah, because normally, like, he'll have, like, his line and then, like, even, like, Penny says, she kind of, like, laughs it off or just ignores it or whatever. Like, this episode, he's just, like, really, like, he keeps going at it and he doesn't give up, which is really what leads to the issue. Well, like, I really like, I feel like they kind of acknowledge that when Penny's like, I don't remember exactly what she says, but like when she calls him out and she kind of starts it with like, normally I can ignore you because you're just weird. Mm -hmm. So like, I was like, yeah, like normally there's just like a line and then Penny like makes some comment and then they move on. Yeah, he keeps at it, which then leads Penny to calling him pathetic and creepy and going off on her big rant. Um. Which, like, she's, like, pretty far into this when Howard's finally like, oh, this isn't flirting, you're serious. <laughs> Which, yes. Yeah, that was super, ugh. Like, I mean, it just, I feel like it just shows, like, I feel like a lot of the time with either men or with, you know, any type of situation, I don't want to just say men here, but um, I really don't think anyone listening is a hashtag not all men person, but still. Um, him not realizing it until so much later in the conversation just kind of shows that like she needed to be that blunt like mm-hmm. there's a lot of the time where like you know if a guy's flirting with you and you're uncomfortable you just kind of like laugh it off or you like don't say anything and then they completely miss the point and it's it's not the woman's fault it's just that some men that are like this are just so they think so highly of themselves and they're just way too confident and way too you know entitled And if someone does not bluntly tell them absolutely not, they're going to take literally anything you do that's less of that as encourage, less than that as encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so I know some people think Penny was intense. And I do think her like, no woman is will ever flirt with you and you're going to die alone or something like that. Like that may have been a little too far. But honestly, he has crossed the line so many times that, like, I don't really blame her for being reactionary to that. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, basically just, like, her very end line there that you just said about might have been too far. But right but right up to that, she's just, like, calling him out on, like, specifically what he said to her. And then she how she said, like, nothing is ever going to happen between us ever. So, like, that is all completely justified, like, yes. drawing and that line between think- them. Some people have tried to, like, discredit or invalidate everything she said because they don't like the last thing she said. And it's like, you can't really do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be like, oh, you went too far on this one thing. So everything else you said does not matter. Yeah. And then kind of like a side note, though, I did think it was kind of... Just, like, funny to look at it, how she had that line about, like, no one's ever gonna, like, he's gonna be alone forever, and then later she ends up being the one to introduce him to Bernadette. Yes. Like, funny, weird circle there. Um, I mean, then, she, she didn't exactly willingly introduce yeah. him to Bernadette, but it is how it happened. Yeah. And I really do feel like it, like he she needed to be harsh with him, because we'll kind of yes. get more into it later, because I feel like by the end of the episode, he still really hasn't learned anything or he's, no. like, mostly back to where he started, so. Now, I think I think the ending, I mean, we'll get to it, but it could be him back to where he started, and it could be him just, like, super embarrassed and, like, just trying to, like, brush Save it off with, with the guys. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like when um a friend of mine 
um, had been seeing this guy a couple times and then she told him like, Hey, like, you know, I don't, I don't see this going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And like, he replies with, Oh good. I was going to break up with you anyway, but I think it's better for you if you get, if you're the one that gets to do it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he was not going to break. She's like, first of all, (laughs) he was not going to break up with me because we went on like three or four dates and that is not a breakup. It's just like, I don't see this going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And she's like, two, he was literally texting me last night about us going somewhere this weekend. So like he was not going to break up with me, but like <laughs> that's what he did. So I think there could be a little of that yeah. in Howard. It's also just like weird to watch this episode, like not liking Howard through most of it. And then remembering like, okay, yeah, but he gets really good later in the series. This is the, well, I don't want to say the episode cause I kind of forgot it was this episode, but this is the subplot that I specifically think of when he's talking about how much he changed later on. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, we went from this to that. I don't really think of, like, this one in particular, but just, like, because I feel like he had so many lines in the first couple seasons. I was like, I just really didn't like him <laughs> much at all, as which then made it, like, the huge change later. But, yeah, it's just funny to remember, like, oh, yeah, this is where we started. <laughs> I think the reason I think of this is just because it was an actual subplot. Yeah. Like, I, I do think through, I'm like, yeah, I didn't like Howard throughout the first couple seasons, but this is, like, a specific instance where I'm like, yeah, I think he probably thinks back on this, too, because <laughs> he still is around Penny all the time and, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that woman broke my nose. Yeah, and then, which leads to, like, his big speech to Bernadette, and Penny's like, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard, and it came out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. It is so good. Oh, my gosh. I need to go rewatch that. Yeah. Um, So what's next? All right. So then, so Howard leaves after Penny's, uh, like, kind of obliterates him with her speech. Um, and then so we're at Howard's place, and then we have the back and forth with um, his mom yelling when he's got the phone call. I did like when he's like, I don't go to school, I work at a university, and she's like, that's a school. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do kind of understand, because like I have friends who are teachers, mm-hmm. and they just say, like, oh, I can only hang out on the weekends because I have school Monday to Friday. Yeah. Like, they still phrase it that way. And I know he's not a teacher. He's a research. He's in research. So, like, that is different. And I think that professors probably do refer to it differently. But I do remember, like, I remember grade school um, teachers. And then now my friends being grade school teachers, like, they do refer to it as school. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you. it's not that she was wrong. It's just it's how it's all phrased. It's still like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yes, because it's the mother-son dynamic and her treating him like he's much younger than he is. Yeah. But I also think it tracks with Howard being like, Mom, it's not school. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, later on when she's like, excuse me, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> like, I think my favorite thing she's ever said was like, excuse me, Mr. Grown-up. Because, like, pointing out that, like, you are still here. Mm-hmm. See, I love here following up the fancy pants line then she's like want me to get you a popsicle i know it's always followed up with that yeah and i'm like acutely aware that i am sitting in my childhood bedroom recording this while we're making fun of howard (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing he lives with his mother not because he can't afford it not because he has elderly animals that live there to take care of not because of any of that he just does not want to take care of himself 
Yeah. And that is different from either of our situations. Yeah. I was about to say you said childhood bedroom, and I was about to say same, but like, no, this was my parents' bedroom back then. <laughs> so. But yeah, well, same didn't, house. You guys lived in a different house, didn't you? Um, we So the house I'm in now, we lived in from when I was 5 to 12, because it was my grandma's house at that time. And then we moved to a different house, which you came and visited at. And okay. then, yeah, now we're back to this one, so... Okay. I don't, I mean, I probably did know and just didn't remember that, like, this is your second time in this house. I think I sort of just thought that the house that, like, I was in the first time I visited you, I just kind of thought that that was the house. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, I don't want to talk about the end of this scene because it makes me mad. Okay. Just the last thing Howard says just pisses me off and I don't want to talk about it because we'll be here for an hour and a half and I will just continually get angrier. Um, so the next scene, was that Penny or was it in the cafeteria? Uh, switches to the cafeteria as Leonard. Oh, right, because they were still talking to Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Because Leonard's just like, now they're just yelling about popsicles. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then doesn't he follow it up like, oh, Penny must have really upset him or something like that? Yeah. Okay, because I I like, I know that he's saying like, oh, he's home and all of that. So Penny must have really upset him. But I do like the implication that like, oh, man, they're yelling about popsicles. Like, Penny really got to (laughs) you know. And then we meet Kripke as he comes up. Kripke, uh, John Ross Bowie, which, so I did like five minutes of Google research. Um, cause I like, I wanted to look up to see if there's anything about like why they gave Kripke like his speech impediment. Um, and basically I found like, he said that like they added it to like add vulnerability to his character as he was basically being like a jackass to them, which I thought was interesting. I feel like that's good intentioned, but somewhat poorly executed just because it's used for humor more than anything else. Yeah. It's there like, was only go ahead. Or yeah, because it's like, yeah, he like has the speech impediment, but he clearly doesn't view it as like a vulnerable thing to him. And like I mean, there most... was a whole there was a whole scene where he pretends that it upsets him. Remember later on where he's mm-hmm. like, You're making fun of my speech problem? And like then it just turned into like haha sucker. And it's like if he actually if they had stuck that, then it would have been like, oh, should we feel bad for laughing at him all these years? Mm-hmm. But it seems like he kind of uses it. And I mean, here's here's my thing. It's just like in uh, Pitch Perfect when the character says, "I'm calling myself Fat Amy, so you can't do it to hurt me." I completely understand that maybe Kripke is super self-conscious of it. And so he does that to kind of like reclaim it. I completely understand that. But it doesn't necessarily come off that way. I feel like you kind of have to search for that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like other times where it seems like he's kind of like unaware of his impediment or like like when he's like doesn't understand why Siri doesn't understand him. Yeah. Like weird things like that. Have I told you that apparently um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan accent is one of the hardest accents in the entire world for Ceres and Alexas to understand? No. (laughs) I was reading that somewhere, like they were listing a bunch of them. 
And I was like, that doesn't surprise me because honestly, a lot of it makes no sense. Well, you remember when we were watching Come From Away and Beulah said that one thing in the really heavy accent. And like, I don't remember what she said now, but I'm like, I understood it because it was kind of similar (laughs) to how they talk up there. And when I was showing it to my parents, my dad was like, oh my gosh, their accents sound just like the family up north. (laughs) And I'm like, it really does. Like when... um. I was watching it with a couple of my friends. They were like, oh, my God, their accents. And I'm like, see, the accents don't even really stick out as crazy to me just because I've heard so similar. But I definitely understand that, like, yeah, artificial intelligence is not going to know what to do with that. No, not at all. Yeah. And, like, going back to, like, Kripke's speech impediment, it's, like, it's interesting that, like, the characters themselves, like, very rarely, like directly poke fun of him but like as a whole like the show still presents it as like a humorous thing you know it's not like the characters laughing at him but like we're still supposed to laugh at him yes and i feel like they purposely give him lines to make it like now i do think that over time that did become like an endearing thing Mm -hmm. but at this time we didn't know that he was going to be like somebody that we all kind of loved to hate and then just kind of decided we liked yeah like Like, in his first episode i was like this dude's annoying (laughs) yeah it's i can't really remember what my first impressions of him were or like what i thought of like his impediment because like i went to like speech therapy for like four years or so because i couldn't say Mm -hmm. my r's as a kid so like that was an issue for me but like i also like at least like i didn't have any issues with like being like teased for it so like it wasn't like a hot thing but like if i was like which i know like some people definitely were like i wonder if i would have had like a stronger impression then of his character yeah i feel like because i mean first a lot of little y'all how old were you when you went um third grade at least i might have started in second okay i feel like that's a pretty normal age like if someone's not forming a sound like my sister couldn't say wise for a long time like, I think she was maybe seven or eight when she stopped saying Lello instead of yellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like that's a relatively, I mean, like a lot, I, I mean, I don't want to say common necessarily, but it, um, um, I feel like that's, that's relatively like when you would go to that. Um, like one of my friends, well, Emily, you know her, um, she's a speech pathologist and she works with a lot of kids around that age. Yeah. Now, I also think that Quipkey Quibbler sounds cooler than Kripke Quibbler, for the record. <laughs> like, if you're going to name a robot one of the two, I would actually go with the way that Kripke says it. I just think that sounds fun. Um, but did we ever actually see his robot? We did, right? Yeah, because then okay. when they and pick- fight it. As soon as I said that, I could picture it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, so basically he comes up. And is bragging about his robot. Um, Sheldon attempts some trash talk, which does not go very well. Um, and they decide to have like a individual face-off between their robots before the big official competition. And okay, this is another thing, really quick, that I remembered. Um, that maybe is good intentioned but poorly executed when Sheldon implied that Kripke's mother was fat and then he was just like oh but you know if if you know I don't want to I don't want to say that if it's because she has like a a medical condition or something mm-hmm. and I'm like okay one it's good that when you see a heavy person you don't you you understand that there may be they may I mean not only may they not care if 
that they're overweight based on medical standards, which are bullshit. But anyway, um, they may be perfectly comfortable or they may be actively trying to lose weight and are not able to due to a medical condition. However, you should not insult somebody for being overweight regardless of why they are. Yeah. And then it's like, right after that, then Raj has a line like, what's the difference? Like, fat is fat. And he's presented as, like, the voice of reason, even as Sheldon's, like, follows up. Like, oh, there are exactly. boundaries. Like, that's another thing. Like, the fact that Sheldon is supposed to be the out there one. Yeah, it's like Raj playing is- Sheldon's point of view for laughs while Raj is supposed to be like, no, this is, like, what the regular view of it is. Which, I mean, that might be true, it's just wrong. Yeah, like, it's not what the right view of it should be. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, like, because of how society views people who are fat, it just makes their lives so much harder. Like, the, like, plan B does not work well if you're over 140 pounds. Um, A lot of medical conditions get ignored because the doctors are like, oh, if you lose weight, that'll go away. When a lot of the time it has nothing to do with weight at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of places, um, for, and like, this is just something that I've learned relatively recently, but, um, if people need to go through fertility treatments, um, a lot of clinics have like a BMI limit. Like they're like, we won't see you if your BMI is over this. And it's also ridiculous because there's been no actual scientific peer reviewed replicated studies that say that being over a certain BMI has an effect on someone being able to do IUI or IVF. Like there's nothing there. Um, And so I just don't like when this type of stuff is played for laughs because it actually contributes to putting people's lives at risk because overweightness is you know, so often considered to just be either something to laugh at or to brush aside. Mm-hmm. Like, you have known me for a long time, and you probably have never seen a picture of me or seen me in real life and thought, oh, she could stand to lose some weight. But I am technically overweight based on BMI. And it's so stupid because, like, I don't look the way that you assume an overweight person looks. And so it's, like, there's so much. And, like, it doesn't bother me because I know that BMI is bullshit and whatever. But it's just, like, so much is related to BMI. And then it's, like, when people are, like, oh, well, you know, some people have medical conditions, so you shouldn't make fun of them. You shouldn't make fun of anybody. Yeah, regardless. Anyway, moving on. That was my second rant. I don't think I'm going to do another one, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, then at the end of the scene, I I don't think this will be a rant, but just, like, something I'm going to point out. So, like... So then, like, they, they, so they make their, like, time to, like, meet for their robot challenge. Um, and then there's a mention about, like, how, like, Howard's, um, depressed. Raj says he's depressed because he's pathetic and creepy and he can't get girls. <laughs> and then Kripke says, we're all pathetic and creepy and can't get girls. That's why we fight robots. Like, that line, like, you know, there are the people who are, like, don't like Big Bang Theory because they feel like they, like, present all nerds in, like, negative lights mm-hmm. and it's like oh like you're supposed to like be laughing at them and not like with them and i feel like Kripke's line there is definitely one that kind of like leads to that argument of like how they view themselves and like you're just as a group you know like in a negative light as opposed to people yeah. like who would be um, like interesting like i think fighting robots sounds cool i'd be like interested in knowing someone who does that you know yeah 
Um, although I'm also pathetic and creepy and can't get girls, so me finding that interesting might not really <laughs> fit. Um, so I I have mixed feelings on that line because on one hand, I completely see what you're saying. And on the other hand, I think this is just another example of Kripke just being like, hey, like, I acknowledge that I'm creepy as shit. So I'm doing this instead of pursuing like I, I can see the self-own there. Like mm-hmm. it, it's the type of humor that I would also make about. I mean, I just did make that same joke about myself, but like, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that um that I can just see like from I can't talk today. I'm sorry, it's been a very long day for me. Um I, there's a lot of things that I can see him just being like I'm I acknowledge that I am this way. It's kind of like when how we talked about it when we were on Hope's podcast, but we've also talked about it here about how like Stewart's comic book shop, like on one hand, you could say, oh, there's no women there. And they make a big deal about women being there because the stereotype is that girls can't like comic books. But then on the other hand, it's like Stewart's comic book store is really creepy. And I think most women would avoid that place if it existed in real life. So like, yeah, it might be shocking when a woman walks in there because the female comic book fans go someplace where they don't get ogled. So I think that this is kind of because then, you know, when we saw the more successful comic book store, like there were women in there and it was normal. Um, so in this case, I'm like, I can definitely see why people would make that argument. But also like Kripke as an individual is pathetic and creepy. <laughs> so, you know, I can I can see it both ways. Like, I understand that, like, something can have a greater scope than myself. And in that greater scope, I can see why this line might be problematic. But on a personal level, I actually really like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can get that as well. Like, just like, as I was watching it, like, that stood out to me. Like, that's like one of those lines people would grab onto. And And I I think it's kind of... Like, I can see the argument as, but then yours as well. Yeah. It's an interesting balance because it's just like when people say, like, yes, we are talking about these specific people, but, like, media does tell a story and media does help shape our viewpoints. So, um, you know, at this point in time, I think you could maybe call all of the characters involved in this situation pathetic and creepy and have tried and failed to get girls, like, 100%. So you could look at it as, this is just Kripke acknowledging that this social circle this applies to. But then there is the balance of how do you convey that we're not saying that this is true of everybody, it's just true of these people. This the specific group. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think Big Bang Theory did acknowledge when they had that other comic book store because there was like no weird fixation on women being in that one. Mm-hmm. But you kind of need to do it earlier. You know, predict how people are going to react to things and then, you know, kind of build in solution yeah it's like the weird balance in there all right so then penny and leonard next scene yep um i'm kind of interested here with leonard's perspective because he does have like the um uh what was i gonna say he he's kind of like you know you you did hurt his feelings so i can't you know i know you're joking i'll have the robot go see him but you know you're the one that hurt him but then on the other side like he's just like okay you like you need to get him because we need him for this robot fight so i'm like i really don't know whose quote unquote side leonard is on here mhm yeah i definitely feel like his main motivation there is just well like his is for like the robot thing but then he i guess he does kind of like he's like his critical his criticism is like also like a legit from his point of view so yeah it's like a mix of it yeah 
I did like when she like didn't want to do it and he's just like, hey, remember the day we met and you asked me to go to your boyfriend's apartment and he was nine feet tall and took my pants? <laughs> like, I don't even like, I, did, I don't have the transcript in front of me, but I do remember that he was nine feet tall and yes. took my pants because just the way he delivered that was so good. I also did like his Hulk impression. Mm-hmm. I also would have gotten there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have gotten there from Gamma Rays, but from the Bruce Banner mention then, it's like, okay, I would have gotten Hulk from that. I think I learned Bruce Banner was the name of the Hulk from this episode, so mm-hmm. I definitely would not have. Um, but also, I love bears, so <laughs> I would have gone there. Yeah, with, with Leonard, like, going back to the day they met. Um, I really appreciate, I like how she, when Penny tries to be like, oh, that's not fair. And he's just, I came home with no <laughs> pants. Just, that's all. Period. I did, like, earlier, I know we're kind of all over the place in this scene, but mm-hmm. when Leonard's like, oh, Howard's been in bed for blah, 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 and Penny's like, yeah, probably with a blow-up doll, and Leonard's like, he's not with, it doesn't matter who he's <laughs> with, <laughs> like, he's like, no, he he absolutely could be uh, in bed with a blow-up doll. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate, just in general, how they, like, brought this back all the way to the pilot, like, I kind of yeah. wonder, like, in the writer's room, how they were like, okay, like, how are we going to get Penny to agree to, like, actually go and apologize to Howard? And then whoever came up with, like, oh, let's go back to this. Well, I mean, I think at the time that they wrote this, they were probably already because just two episodes down, they talk about Kurt again. Oh, yeah. So I feel like they were probably like, let's just revisit this or maybe this made them revisit i don't know what order they write things or anything like that but i mean it's interesting that they had not referenced him at all since like the halloween episode last year and then he's brought up like multiple times in a couple episodes yeah i think they mostly wrote like linearly with through the episodes but yeah maybe like this mention inspired that to come back again soon so I liked when the next one is when Penny goes to Howard, right? Yes. So I like I, when Howard's mom is like, oh, there, I don't remember what, what name did she use? Patsy. Patsy. Okay, yeah. She's like, oh, there's a blonde girl Patsy here for you. And Howard's like, what? And then she's like, oh, now she's saying it's Penny. <laughs> like the implication that Penny did call herself Patsy <laughs> Penny is the wrong name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not that she was wrong. And then um, when she's like, she ran past me, was I supposed to tackle her? I also love the, um, I love the visual of Penny just like coming in the door and then just like darting past the lady who answered it. (laughs) And I feel like she probably wouldn't have had to like dart that quickly either. No. Yeah. Yeah. So Penny attempts to apologize to Howard, which is, like, very slow going because she'll, like, say a line and then add something and then another line as he just stares at her. Um, but yeah, yeah, really strong opening there. Like, I've been, I've been informed that you have feelings, so. That, I feel you could just drag and drop that into a Scorpion episode and it would just fit. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's that part in season one where Toby's trying to make up something to Happy and he gets her, like, fancy flowers and then has some kind of, like, band come in or all this other stuff. And the others are standing in the corner and Walter just deadpans. I don't have any feelings. And even I'm uncomfortable watching 
And that's one of my favorite lines from the whole show, because it's like, not only is he being very self-aware here that he knows that he doesn't really project feelings ever, he's also like, I'm recognizing that if I'm uncomfortable, it's really bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, you could have put like, Someone in season one could have hurt his feelings and then been like, I'm informed you have feelings and apparently I've hurt them. Like, it would have worked. That would also fit perfectly, yes. Um. So then Howard made some comment about, like, I'm not upset about a random comment from a random woman. And I'm like, okay, like, she's been, like, in your life for a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that right there, which that also makes me think that maybe the end he was just trying to, like, play it down because, like, he would not refer to Penny as a random woman in any other context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, like, here he's definitely trying to, like, save face in front of her, so. Yes. So, I, I mean, I think I think he's definitely... It's like there's baby I mean, steps in this episode, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in season one, when Howard's like, when Leonard's like, oh my gosh, you risked your life because you care about me. And he's like, yeah, that's why I did it. Like, he was like, totally going to just pretend that it wasn't because he wants to uh, sleep with uh, Penny's friends. Mm-hmm. I think it's consistent with him. Yeah. So he insists he's fine. Penny's like, well, okay, and she's so close to leaving, and then she hears him crying, so goes back in. And then we have the robot fight. And it's reducing the Chevy Cavalier to rubble. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, so here they were just looking at the video of his robot, not the actual fight yet. Where did he get a whole-ass car to let the thing destroy? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm not really surprised. Yeah. And I did like when Sheldon's like, oh, we can't run away from a fight. And Leonard's like, yes, we can. (laughs) He's like, I can squeeze through a hole in a fence half my size. (laughs) I always joke um, when people leave, like when I leave somewhere really quick, I'm like, oh, there was a Nicole-shaped hole in the wall. (laughs) You know, like very Roadrunner and Coyote. There's actually in my town, there's like a sidewalk that kind of runs along the road for a couple of miles. And then it just like ends in this tiny parking lot and there's a building there. So somebody painted like the silhouette of a person and then like cracks around it, like to imply that like someone ran right through the wall at the end of the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Um, So... That's what I think of whenever I think about stuff like this. <laughs> That's been up there. I think it's graffiti, but it's been up there for like 10 years and no one's painted over it. So I think people are just like, yeah, that's cool. We're going to leave it. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's been long enough. It's like you can't take it down. So they decide they need to make modifications to Monty. Um, and Sheldon says they don't need Howard to do that. Um, but then Sheldon apparently can't open a toolbox. Which, if he's built his own cat scanner, I feel like he should be able to open a toolbox. Well, I don't, I feel like it's supposed to imply he doesn't know how to open a toolbox, but, like, it could just be this toolbox. Like, a lot of the time, like, there's a lot of things that, like, okay, so, like, uh, I, I have, I have, uh, PCs instead of, uh, instead of Macs, right? And, like, there was a time I didn't know how to turn on a Mac. And it's, like, once I had the Mac running, I could use it, but I didn't know how to turn it on. Mm -hmm. And so people could joke, like, oh, she doesn't even know how to turn on a computer. And I'm like, no, I didn't know how to turn on this specific computer. Like, today I needed – I was trying to put more washer fluid, washer fluid, like, for windshield wipers in my um, car. And I could not figure out how to open the hood. 
like I've opened hoods on so many cars, but the button in my car is not where it normally is. And even though every single time we have to put windshield wiper or whatever fluid in that car, it's like this whole drama of where the heck is the button where we release the hood. So I feel like I feel like the joke is supposed to be, haha, Sheldon's not gonna get anywhere with this because he can't even open the toolbox. And it's like that is true in the sense that if you need something in the toolbox and you can't open it, you're not gonna go anywhere. But it doesn't imply or it shouldn't imply that providing the toolbox can get opened, you don't then know what to do. Mm-hmm. I guess but I feel like it was mostly just implying, I don't know. Yeah, it, it absolutely yeah. was implying that. I just think it's a flawed A flawed joke. Yes. Yeah. Not a flawed joke, because I think it did land. I just think it's what it's supposed to be saying is not true. Yes. Yeah. All right. I can take that. <laughs> um. So then back to Penny and Howard. And he is basically giving her his life story of girl problems. And he's made it up to the ninth grade with Marcy Grossman. I don't think he mentioned the cousin thing, though. No, he probably would have skipped that. I feel like he probably omitted that. Yeah. And so Penny ends up suggesting that maybe his problem is just he's trying too hard. Um, And then she says, like, hey, you know, like... He's smart, he's funny, um, he's got a cool job, and this is the first time she feels like she's actually, like, talking to him as a real person. I did feel bad a little bit with his what chance do I have if I don't try too hard, but also that's inconsistent with the beginning where he's, like, being very overconfident. And I feel like you can try too hard, but, like, that kind of implies that he is well aware that he's kind of pathetic and creepy, which is not, does not track to earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless, and I could see this, unless once Penny yelled at him, he realized that his entire life he has, this is why, like, he's been screwing himself over, and that might have been a little overwhelming for him. Like, oh my god, I've been fucking up for years. But also, I'm like, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess, like, I don't know. I'm trying to f- figure out how he would have been viewing his own, like, attempts i feel like he would have been sort of like putting in like the extra like i guess effort or trying hard it's like knowing he kind of needs to like or thinking he needs to like like to overcompensate for like other laws but maybe like not still thinking he was better than how he views himself now in this moment i don't know i feel like this is one of those things I was going to say, like the musical we watched recently, in the sense that there's potential here in this storyline, but I feel like, I feel like not some of it contradicts itself and like all this other stuff. However, I do think this is better than that musical, but (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's just the concept again about how like, oh, there, you had a good idea, but you're trying to do a lot. And so it doesn't end up all fitting. Mm hmm. Like him, him being like, I mean, look at me, I'm aware, like, I'm aware I'm trying too hard, and I have to try too hard. That seems much more self-aware than he was at the beginning. And it makes it seem like it's establishing that he's been this self-aware, where the beginning does not show that at all. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know if maybe, like, I I think maybe I kind of view it as like, he was self-aware of like, but like, he kind of like is... I don't not denial, but like he doesn't like 
focus or think too much about like he she tries to like not let himself get into like the negative I could see that space like where he reaches in this episode. You know what I'm thinking about right now? What? If we were recording this right after it aired, we would not be trying to make any type of deep conversation about this like a lot of what we're saying here like i think you could tell that we've watched the whole show yeah no because we do wind up liking howard and so we're like oh maybe like he sort of understands whereas like we would just be like fuck this guy the end if (laughs) we were if we were recording this you know 12 years ago or whenever that's true this is a very different conversation yeah than if we like this was our newest episode that we had that we were talking about we'd be like oh this guy like, I'd be like, he's never going to learn. He's mm-hmm. annoying. Write him off. Like, all this other stuff. Yeah. And I do not want to be like, oh, that's why we should give men a chance if they're shitty, because they could get better. No. Howard specifically got better. Mm-hmm. But that's another situation that you cannot apply to every situation. Just like, we fight robots because we're pathetic and creepy. Um, In this specific case, Howard does have a ton of character growth. And then Raj regresses. Um, But I'm like, that doesn't mean that every situation like this is going to be like that. And you do not have to apologize to people who have made you uncomfortable. They should apologize for making you uncomfortable. And you do not have to continually give people chances because you think, oh, seven years from now, this dude is going to be a husband and a father and people are going to like him and everyone's going to change their mind not responsible for that you do not have to be involved in that shit yes yeah and like even like knowing what happens later like looking at this episode like we said like howard makes like his little baby steps of progress um but like then he like ends the scene by trying to kiss penny so which i'm not gonna make excuses for him but that's not the worst thing he could have tried to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean um, I could definitely have seen him trying to go to second base. So I'm like, you know, trying to kiss her. Like, okay, that that's not, that that's, that's completely him misreading the room. But, you know, it, it's, it's also not the most Howard thing I've, I can think of. Yeah. So he goes in for the kiss and Penny goes for the punch. I like how she wasn't just like, no, she was like, listen, she was like, I grew up on a farm. <laughs> And sometimes if the animals are being aggressive with you, you can't just step out of the way. You have to smack them or punch them to get them to. I mean, there was a horse at a barn I rode at when I was a kid that he bit me and I grabbed his ear and bit him right back. And he never bit me again. He bit so many people and he stopped biting me that day. I'm like, sometimes you just got to do it. So Penny's grown up around horses and cows. And it's like, look, that's the shit you have to do sometimes. I mean, you don't want to like be excessive about it with animals, but like, If you think about it, horses and cows communicate with each other. They teach boundaries to their young. They do all of that by biting them and kicking them. So sometimes, like, you cannot smack a horse harder than another horse can kick it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if there's a horse that's being aggressive and getting in your space, you just smack. And, like, that is, that teaches them, it speaks their language as to, like, oh, this is what the the lead horse would do in the herd so this person is dominant over me you don't want to excessively beat them or anything like that because in real life the lead horse or their lead cow would not kick 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 kick. you know what i'm saying but sometimes you just have to communicate the way that they communicate and i completely see farm girl penny here being like nope this horse needs to get nailed (laughs) and i'm pretty sure howard did learn his lesson from that so 
Yes. Okay, so then we have the actual robot fight. Uh, Leonard wants to call it off after seeing Kripke's robot. And I liked when Sheldon was like, oh, Kripke's got overconfidence in the robot's, like, size and power. And Raj is like, that's not overconfidence, that's observation. Yes. Yeah, Raj is definitely true in that part. Okay, so this, this, I was going to say this is a little TMI. It's not because I'm not involved in this. When Sheldon says, I would ask if your robot's prepared to meet its maker, but you are its maker, you two have already met or whatever how it was he said Mm -hmm. i saw an ad the other day where this guy was like i built a sex robot and i need to know if it works so i need someone who's willing to come over and uh fuck it so that i can watch and then he's like i can't myself because i'm essentially its dad (laughs) that where did you see this ad it was on Facebook. It was a screenshot in a group of like a Facebook marketplace ad. And I'm like, well, this dude's just putting that all out there, isn't wow. he? I would have like made an alternate account and like gone <laughs> somewhere else. But just his like, I can't because I'm its dad. So I need someone else too. And I'm like, you have a very weird sense of where the line is, buddy. Yeah, that's a yeah, weird like, relationship. He wants to watch someone else do the robot. And he thinks that's appropriate. But he's like, I can't. I'm its father. <laughs> But I can watch. Yeah. No. I should have saved this story for when we do the robot arm episode. But... <laughs> you can just bring it back up again. Yeah. Oh, I will. I hope I will have forgotten it by then. But <laughs> it's been a couple days and it's really stuck with me so far. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So they start the fight. Kripke's robot has now got a fire coming out of it. Um. And I was just like, okay, that's new. Now let's run away. <laughs> I also think it's funny um, how Kripke was like, oh, like, you can uh, just give me your robot instead of fighting it. And I do understand the spoils of war concept. But also I'm like, why does Kripke want Monty? Like, he knows he can destroy it. But for some reason, he's like, I, I'm I'm kind of giving them the opportunity to give me this robot. I'm like, why does he want it? Does it have that weird chip in it from Home Alone 3? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know, maybe just for parts or to build off or just to Yeah. Just to be Or maybe he just wants to film himself destroying it. I don't know. Could be that as well. Or just like anything to sort of just hold that over them essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I like when they go back to the apartment. I like how they took all of the pieces. They're like Like yeah. they ran, but then after Monty was destroyed, they came and got him. Yeah, I also just appreciated the visual of them, like, running through the university hallways after the robot. Like, yeah. imagine just, like, someone else random, like, who's there at the university, like, just <laughs> going around doing their job, and then they see these two robots fly by, and then the guy's joining after them. That would be such a cool day. With the Sheldon's, don't hurt us, don't hurt us. Yeah. Like, what's the context for that? Like, if you don't know. Yeah. Um... Oh, gosh, what was I going to say? Yeah, how, you were saying how they picked up Monty. No, oh. no, with what you were talking about, I was saying there's definitely been situations when I was in college where I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when something went, like, I'm in an apartment one one day and I'm on, well, my apartment, oh, you you were in my college apartment, like, how it was on the second floor and then there was, like, that boardwalk out front. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there one day, me and Emily, and it's dead quiet. And then this kid, this guy 
just runs past us like thud 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 on the thing and he's like oh Shakira Shakira and we're like what was that <laughs> like why <laughs> or there was another time where I was like walking to class no I was biking to class and I was nowhere near where the Quidditch team practiced but the shoot what's the one that runs around and you have to grab them the seeker or the snitch yeah the snitch okay. and then the seeker is the one that looks for it right? yeah Okay, so I'm running and there's these like hedges that are like five feet tall. So I'm on my bike. I said I'm running and I'm walking in the story. I was on my bike and I'm going through and just busting out of the hedge, like through the hedge, not even through a gap in front of me is the person who's playing the snitch or whatever. And they take off and I almost hit them. And then I keep biking and I look behind me and then I see who I'm presuming was the sneaker, seeker, sneaker, (laughs) seeker, jump through the same hole in the hedge and just take off after them. And they like disappear into another building. (laughs) And I was probably a good mile from where the pitch was. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I know what's going on here, but contextually that's very (laughs) far away. Yeah, the snitch used to be allowed to just run off the field into, like, anywhere they wanted in the surrounding area. So, I suppose yep, they were practicing their hiding. <laughs> <laughs> so then I like to hear how Sheldon's like, oh, this was my fault, no matter what anyone says. And Raj is just like, no one's arguing with you two. Yeah. <laughs> and then Howard and Penny arrives. Um, and Howard has got his nose all bandaged up. Um, I do kind of like how, like, you know, like, Leonard asks, they go, what happened? And then Penny says, they go, like, he slipped and fell. And they just have the story about, like, how he fell in the bathroom. So it's like, she's kind of, like, letting him have that one, like, giving him the little out. So I think she is, but then I also think she changes her mind. Because I think they were going to do, like, oh, he slipped and fell. And Howard's like, oh, yeah, in the bathroom, bounced off the tub. And then Penny's just like, Howard, no one's going to believe that you were, like, in the bath, like, you know, when when this happened, like, I was over. And so then she just kind of like, yes, because this is what bathtubs do when you don't treat them with respect. And so I feel like they were both trying to communicate. They were originally like, oh, yeah, we slipped and fell. But then they kind of change it because then... Howard also says, yeah, the bathtub sucker punches you with your eyes closed. So yeah. I think they kind of aborted mission there. Yeah, so, like, they kind of started nice with the story, and then, yeah, they each had their little side notes. Yeah, and then uh, Sheldon asks to go, like, it's not that bad, right? And Howard's like, oh, no, like, a little tape. And then some soldier, and they're like, no, like... Solder. <laughs> solder. Um, he's like, no, like, I've seen space crobes that crashed that were better shaped than this. I wonder where he's planning on burying him. Yeah, I don't know, because it's not like in the middle of Pasadena there would really be... I mean, maybe they went to that park where they ply the kites and stuff. Yeah, could be. Although there was no sign of them habitually flying kites until the episode where they were habitually flying (laughs) kites. But, well, they were walking in it in the first season when they saw Dennis Kim with the girl. So, like, that's maybe where they're thinking. Yeah, they've kind of, they've been there a couple times. Yeah. I I appreciated the mention of when, like, Sheldon's talking about the ceremony. He says, like, he'll speak and then Leonard will play his cello. Yeah. Just, like, any of the little, like, continuity mentions with Leonard and his cello, I enjoy. Yeah. You, because you're also a stringed instrument player. Yeah. And then so we have Penny asking Sheldon if he might be getting a little carried away because it's just a toy robot, um, which Sheldon is upset and runs away. And then Penny goes to apologize. So I 
Definitely. Okay, this morning when I was looking for what I was looking for, I came across one of my stuffed animals from childhood, and I thought I was going to cry. Oh, yeah. And I was walking around. It's it's like a, it's a black lab puppy. And um, I was, like, carrying it around like it was a baby for, like, 20 minutes. And I was, like, petting its head. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. But I, like, <laughs> it was one of my favorite stuffed animals as a kid. So when I found it, I was like, oh, my God, I straight up could not remember if I had donated this or what. But no, I still have her. And now I'm talking in a baby voice to it. See, I I understand, Sheldon. <laughs> I mean, I still have my doll that I got in like second grade who's currently sitting well, on a shelf. So we don't talk about Holly on this show. <laughs> Right, so then the episode ends with Howard's line about the way he sees it, he's halfway to pity sex. I mean, maybe from someone, not from Penny, but... Someone else who sees his broken nose. I mean, he gets with Leslie relatively soon, so... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of talked about this already through the episode with his... At the end of the episode, he's kind of like back to regressing but maybe he's just like trying to save face in front of the guys and he knows that's not really what's going on so yeah um i think at the time they were maybe thinking okay we're gonna say because a lot of sitcoms are like oh back to normal at the end yeah but i think that there may also have been like okay like this is the first episode that we've really humanized howard at all so maybe like they were thinking like i know they always said we don't plan but i mean like Long term, they had to have been like, okay, like at some point, Howard is going to be less this way. Mm-hmm. We maybe don't know why or how, but I think that it was intentional that they wanted to humanize him a little bit. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, like have this little story with him, sort of set him back to where he started, but at least that like, it lays the foundation for later. Yes. And going forward, he will always be the person that had this conversation. Yeah. So it's something. Um, and again, I think that the only reason we're giving him any credit here is because of what we know. I feel like at this time, we're just like, oh, this, this this dude, like, it's just back to normal. Like, this whole episode did not cause anything to be different. You know, like, I feel like that's 100% the way we would be if we did this in 2009. Oh, definitely. It'll, it'll kind of be interesting because I feel like I've never, like, paid, like, super close attention, like, to Howard, like, in, like, the handful of episodes after this to see, like, does he actually, like, have, like, lower, like, fewer lines, like, with his hitting on Penny after this as, compo- as you know, compared to previously? Like, hmm. off the top of my head, like, I, I I have no idea. I couldn't compare. But, like, it'll be interesting now, like, as we go through the, ne- the rest, like, of the season scene. I th- just from my memory, I feel like, I feel like it's less. And I know a lot of people in um, the uh, electric can opener fluctuation when Penny and Leonard go into their apartment and then Howard's like, oh, I should have gone and told her we were back. I read that even at the time as Howard making a joke instead of him just thinking like, oh, she's just going to make out with the first person she sees. Yeah. Um, but, But like, I feel like because at the time I thought that there had to have been some kind of shift in my head. Like, there was a point where I was like, Howard's still creepy, but he definitely knows he's not getting with Penny at this point. Mm -hmm. And it might have been this episode. Yeah, it'll be, like I said, it'll be interesting to kind of 
if I can remember to track that in these next episodes to compare. Um, but I think that wraps up this one then. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so... It's uh, a good one, but it's one I actually like better now, just because we, we're getting a glimpse of a Howard that we know we see in the future, whereas at the time, we didn't. Mm-hmm. And it was also the first appearance of Kripke. And Kripke is just like Janice on Friends. When they were first introduced... I hated learning they were coming back because I just could not stand them. But then, like, by the end, when they would show up again, I would be like, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Kind of like, like, um, I thought of it earlier, but then I didn't mention it. But, like, how you were saying, like, how Kripke, like, he later, like, kind of, like, his impediment almost becomes endearing. Like, mm-hmm. it made me think of Shamie's wedding and how he's saying at the end. Yes. Like, it's, like, there's definitely, like, part of that joke is, like, him singing at last with his speech. But still, like, it's just just so wonderful. It's, like, it was one of my favorite parts of his wedding. So, yeah, there's definitely, like, big growth with his character or just, like, throughout the years. Like, it's, like, I don't know if... It's not even that he has character growth. It's just, like, you kind of just come to love him more. <laughs> Exactly. Like, it's just one of those people that you're like, they're always around. They're relatively predictable. We know they're not really going to cause any, you know, that he's never going to be part of like a love triangle or stuff like that. Like, he's just, he's just there. Yeah. And he just, you know, over time, it just becomes endearing. And like, then when you look back, you like him better. Like me with, with Janice, like, I watch season one and season two episodes of Friends now, and I see her and I'm like, I remember how much I hated her the first time I saw this. <laughs> and then, but then by the end, when she showed up one final time in season 10, I was kind of like, Janice, I didn't think we'd see you again. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, oh, I like her now because I was like actively excited to see her. And that's kind of how Kri- Kripke became. Her. Yeah, for sure. All right. So then, as always, if you guys have questions, comments, suggestions, you can send us an email at podcast at thebigbangbuzz.com. Leave a comment on the website at the Big Bang Buzz or tweet us at the Big Bang Buzz with three Z's. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.